another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me today on the show, I have um, uh, electronic uh, music artist. Uh, uh, his uh, last EP uh, came out this past year. It's called The Wave, and it has another additional tape of remixes uh, that also came out recently. Um, he's been in the uh, music scene for quite some time, and I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry, his passions, and why he does what he does. Great to have him here. Wolfbiter, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're very welcome. You can also, you can also call me Sammy. Sammy. To go through the entire conversation being referred to as Wolfbiter would be a little <laughs> ridiculous. So, Mr. Mr. Biter. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wolf to you. Yeah, my guy Wolf. Right. Well, Sammy, uh, how are you doing today? Today finds me well. I was telling you that on the walk up your porch. Uh, Winters are tough uh, for a guy of sad spirits like myself, but mm -hmm. we just recently got a stint of weather in the 50s we sure here did. in Wisconsin, which I don't know about you, but that really rejuvenates Agreed. Me. It gives me something. It gives me something to live for. Oh, yeah. I'm reminded yeah. <laughs> that we can make it through another winter here. Absolutely. I'm totally the same way. Like, I get the seasonal blues pretty bad. And, um, yeah, like, Sunday when it was, like, like 60 I like it felt like hope just sitting out there recharging oh yeah I was just out there just with just my like uh, sweater and no coat mm -hmm. and uh, it felt like some real hope especially and it was a full moon too got me going oh yeah right right because you're the the wolf biter right 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 yeah um, so yeah man I uh, see so you got your Starbucks here what, what do we I yeah, saw that that was here. a topic of discussion in, yeah. in uh, Martinelli's video. Yeah, but, um, shout out to Alex. Shout Lex out to Lex. Um, and you guys were like, yeah, he was saying, like, I don't like Starbucks, it's burnt. But, like, I, I, I'm not a man of, of uh, like, I kind of like garbage as well, as long as it does its job. Right, yeah. That's fair. why, I mean, that's kind of why I, I maintain this girlish figure. Is because, like, it's not, you know, it's about um, itching the scratch, not so much... How you done it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I, and then I heard that you worked at Starbucks. I did. That makes anybody hate anything. Uh, yeah. you know, I worked at Jimmy John's. I can't eat it anymore. No, I was never a big like cold cut guy. I mean, I guess like the 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 appeal is just how like fast and like you know efficient it is. Freaky fast for like right. seven years. Yeah, yeah. Free smells. But yeah, right. <laughs> Still a neon sign though, right, in the window. But yeah, I mean, like, like there were definitely like there were perks of working at Starbucks. Like, you know, you got the Spotify Premium for free. You get a pound of free coffee every week. You get free drinks on the job. Like, and I mean, there's some people that take advantage of the more advanced benefits. Like, you can take courses at. For ASU online, you paid by Starbucks. For uh, no. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it starts closing in on my face, <laughs> and yeah, there's just a siren logo just like fades in. But no, I uh, there are some things like I mean, it's it was a I shouldn't like knock my entire experience. Like it was a good as far as corporations go, it was a good company to work for. I just got tired of the routine. Right, there's just such a routine that yeah, switch it up. I miss the some of the drinks though. What do you got? You got a cold brew with milk. I see. Cold brew, milk, and caramel. That's fantastic. That's all. Right. That's all you need. I used to, I used to love the cold foam cold brews that they that they launched. That's, my wife loves those. I can't figure them out. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's, the, the, the texture is just a little too much for me. Oh, word. I do love the foam. Um, he loves the foam. Love the foam. <laughs> <laughs> I got kind of, see, I got kind of tired of the, just the excessive sugar in a lot of the drinks, but, you know, um, a good, uh, a, a good frappuccino, uh, is nice, like, every once in a while. It's like daytime dessert, man. Oh, I man. love that. I don't get when people would get it, like, 7 a.m. They're starting yeah. their day no, with that's, uh, that shouldn't be a, a fucking caramel frap. Yeah, it's like you're starting your day out with, like, you know, a... A milkshake. It's like know, waking up and having a Pepsi. Right. No, yeah. Careful. Yeah. It's like you can't sub that. That's not a sub for coffee. Just like a Pepsi's not a, you know, like, just because it's caffeine. Like, I digress, though. But, but, yeah, man. Big caffeine hound. I mostly just drink the Folgers that I make right here in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. I, that's the Colombian 100% oh. roast. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's, that's the one I have. <laughs> I have two cups of that every morning, no matter what, before yeah. I go out and get my coffee. Oh, yeah. Word. Uh, nice. Well, uh, yes. Um, well, as we, uh, I'm pretty caffeinated. Uh, so, so are you, clearly. So let's get into it. So what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And um, so as we we're saying, as you uh, entered my house, we haven't met in person, like, but we've been on friends on social media for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I knew of you, like, I mean, obviously, like, we mentioned him before, Alex Martinelli. Like he manages you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been trying to, uh, you know, uh, give more platforms to folks in the EDM and club scenes. Like, so I guess Sammy to start. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your own background. Like, tell me a little bit about like growing up. Like, were you? When did you start making music? And when when did it kind of become a creative outlet for yourself? Without getting too wordy, because that's like the whole—that's the whole deal. My entire life has been: uh, if you're not good at it immediately, throw it away and move on. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I was good at right off the bat was was music, because my dad was in a band like for 15 years before I was born and since. Nice. And uh, I remember as early as I could. Like starting to like work out my voice and like sing harmonies to my dad while he was singing in the car. My dad was always kind of like, "You're getting good at this quickly." Oh, wow. And I'm like, "Yeah, I found what I excel at, which is." So you're scaring me. <laughs> so you're scaring me. And I, uh, as soon as I could, I picked up a guitar and I was like, "Dad, can you teach me how to use this?" And my dad, much like myself, was an awful teacher. So I was eventually like, "I'll figure it out." So I started playing the guitar a little bit. I took bass a lot more seriously because of Mark Hoppus and Blink-182. Mm-hmm. It was like my first like band that I would die for. Would be, then go on to be bands like Sugar Cult and Fallen Out Boy. It's right. like where I, I found my bassist in music. Yeah. And uh, I joined my first band that wasn't like a garage band, like let's jam, like fart around thing, like right. an actual we're gonna go play shows band when I was 15 years old. Mm. And we, uh, it was with my older brother, Kane, a couple of our friends from the uh, Lake Country area. That's where I grew up, out by uh, Waukesha, Kahnemawak, Delafield. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so at the ripe age of 15, um, I got a brand new bass guitar, like some nice equipment for my dad who was like, this is what you want to do when you're older? Be a bassist? Okay. Mm. And... Uh, we played show we like with that band we played shows and I uh, 
I did that age old start hanging out with people a lot older than you start playing the shows and like getting involved in music um, the music scene in Milwaukee a bunch because like we were just because we were hadn't really been going to shows at all out here I didn't have a leg in so we were playing like YMCA in Oconomowoc or the Waukesha Teen Center Mm -hmm. when that was a thing and uh that band eventually fizzled when I moved to a different band where I played instead of the bass and backup vocals, I did the guitar and lead vocals in like a pop punk band. Mm. That one was great, learned a lot, yeah. took me to like 16, 17. When I was 17, I quit that band Lives on Layaway and started playing bass in the Milwaukee metal band Sleep Serapis Sleep. Oh, sure. And uh, from 17 to 22, 23, I was in that band and we toured as much as the word can be used there. We just got like super in debt playing shows all over the country, hoping to do the make it thing. And although every experience in that band was fantastic, it never really caught its teeth. Mm And that was when I first realized that, like, Milwaukee might be hard to make it in. This might be a weird climate for people that want to, like, get yeah. commercially successful. And uh, so that was, like, what I was doing when I graduated high school was touring in that band. So I was like, that's all I'm ever going to do. And I'm absolutely going to make no plans whatsoever for the future. So when that band was like, hey, Sammy, we're breaking up and you have to... You have to find something else to do with your life. I like shattered on the ground. I was like, what? I'm still basically a 17-year-old because being in a band stunts your growth. Right. (laughs) So here I am at 23, and um, I'm like just now figuring out the bar scene in in Milwaukee. I run into a couple people that I know, and one guy at Yield Bar, Mm. rest in peace, the holiest of holies, was it my best, uh, very good friend of mine, Nick Schubert? He's uh, he's in Gold, two G's, two oh L's, yeah, two L's, two D's. Big shout out to Gold. One of my best friends, and uh, he was sitting at the bar, and I tell me about how they were having some bassist troubles in his band, Boy Blue. And I was like, yo, I just became a free agent like yesterday, yeah. and he was telling me like. Uh, come down, let's see if we can write some music. And we wrote like three songs in the first like sit down. They were like, we'd love for you to be in our band. Where do we play? Bars and clubs. I was like, I've only ever played like community centers and theaters and like things where like getting drunk wasn't the purpose. Right. And my slow descent into casual alcoholism. Right in those middle 20s when you're I was like, this is all I'm ever do, play bands and, and party. Yeah. Wrote some amazing music with Boy Blue, played some incredible shows, played Summerfest three times. Nice. Played Summerfest with Sleep Service Sleep, so I think it's four times, mm. collectively. Good job. And that band, uh, as much as I am fun to be around, I'm also terrible to be around, especially in a setting as close as a band. Oh, yeah. And so eventually, it's just like, nobody was really digging me, and I wasn't digging anybody else anymore because it became more about the partying. And the... Yeah. So I I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to not be in this band anymore and see, you know, what else is out there besides being in bands and making music. And uh, so I, like, took some time off 
And this is right around 24, 25, when one of my best friends, Nick Butenhoff, showed me, um, like, EDM for the first time. Like, I had been listening to Excision's mixes and been like, dubstep is like the metal of electronic music. And that was like the extent of my knowledge. Listening to it was cool, but I didn't give it any time. The only record I did have that I played the hell out of was uh, Bass Nectar's Time Stretch. Oh yeah, I remember it was that like song, yeah. That, that whole album, I was like, what is this? Yeah. And that was like the first time I kind of nib nibbled at it. But here at 2425, Nick was like, uh, here's like, here's the culture. Like, it doesn't stop with Skrillex making that record a couple years ago, like, five years ago. And I was like, that was, like, pretty not EDM EDM, which, like, led the way for all the brunch, brunch, brunch of today. But he showed me trap music, not the oh, oh, me Migos. Migos, yes. So not, like, trap music like they would make, but, like, heavy EDM beats, like, without rapping vocals that, like to me, sometimes were heavier than any metal that I'd written in years past. And I was like, you can do, you can just do this by yourself. You don't have to be in a band. And because every band I'd been in the past, people eventually were like, this is Sammy guy. He never turns off. He's always bagoy. And uh, I can relate, though. I, being the guy that never turns off, you just eventually, people... Yeah, they get a little tired of it. And then you get a little tired, the people are a little tired, and then the whole situation comes. So I, Literally. I was like, I want to do this. I want to be able to make music myself, play it myself, and carry a lot less gear. Mm. A lot less gear. Oh, yeah. So Nick that showed me it, um, showed me how to DJ. It's like, and it wasn't on like any like real gear, but like showed me how to count to four really good, which is essentially all it is. Knowing keys had already come because of my music and stuff like that. Knowing the vibe and reading an audience, that was already there. So I just needed to technically learn how to mix two songs together and then get to producing, which I had never done that side of things. <laughs> when you're in bands, you go into someone's studio, you play your instrument, they do all the computer work, yeah. and then at the end of the whole experience, they're like, here's your finished product. Mm -hmm. So because I came into this a little bit later than, like, like the kids that are making music now, like EDM is being made by 14 and 15 year olds and mm -hmm. released on like international labels. Yep. And so for a guy who's knocking on the door of 30 <laughs> and never ever learned how to engineer anything, I was a little like daunted by the computer. It took me a whole year to even like go. Yeah. But then, um, some quakes in my personal life made me and my friend Nick not friends for a while. And when that happened, I, uh, around this time I had met my wife and I looked at her and I said, Samantha, is the name Wolfbiter cool? <laughs> she was like, yeah. And that's all I needed to hear. I was like, all right, now I'm going to be Wolfbiter. I'm going to make it. music, not for, because like the falling out had to do with a weird him like Nick being the DJ and me producing because Nick wasn't like that wasn't his wheelhouse and like nope that wasn't an issue but I, I used in my brain the him not 
contributing thing to be like, well, and you didn't contribute to any of the music, and you're calling it yours. And I was like, this is still bandy. Mm. This is still band like ruining a friendship that I right. could have been would have been fine had we never made music together. Mm-hmm. So I like closed the door and I was like, I'm gonna just be wolf biter. I'm gonna be a lonely little wolf biter and make music at a pace that I is like can keep me happy and like you know, push the boundaries. Do the best I can and not piss anybody off anymore. Yeah. Oh, I hear that. Interpersonal connections. I just want to be able to make music and play music without any drama. Yes. And that was a beautiful. It was a. It was a beautiful ideal. But like, you can never. You never have no drama. But there's markedly less than there ever was. Certainly. Yeah. So I mean, that brings us to today. The first couple of years of Wolfbiter, I thought my uh, past experience in music was it entitled me to people just taking me seriously all the time. Like, oh, this guy's been doing music forever. He obviously should be pushed to the top of the echelon and carried around on our shoulders. And when, like, I literally had to fight for the third time for regional success. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I, de- I deserve this. Somewhere along the line, I know you mentioned her, uh, Haley Schultz. Big love to Haley Schultz. Big love. Oh. I uh, decided that the um, temperature in the current like subsect of EDM that I was making music for, or like, like way more commercial, like trying to be big, famous, like money making, um, heavy DJ guy. I I like through introspection and not really hitting it like the way that I wanted to. I I wanted to make more soulful, weird, heavy, like, music that is actually art as well as makes you want to dance instead of just dance music that was heavy for the sake of getting you to go, like, to hear me go, one, two, three, let's go. Like, you needed to, they, I needed to take away the facade of DJ man and actually just be an artist about it. And when I made my first song with that, it, like, heavy weird thing in, in mind I I had noticed that Haley was really involved in like a number of like like weirder and and like more niche genres of of bass music and mm-hmm. I wanted to get an opinion of somebody that like obviously knows what they're talking about um and when she heard it she was like yes this more and I continued this this to do more and she kept like, as I would send it, she was like, you're on the right track, here it comes. And um, about a year after I did all that, I uh, just, you know what I should do? I should talk to my friend Alex, who had given me every opportunity up until this point for Wolfbiter. I would just hit him up and he'd be like, here's the show's coming up, which one do you want to open for? It wasn't direct support yet, but when, it, when that eventually happened, it was because I went, Alex, you ever thought about artist management? Mm. He was like, no, but I would manage you. I was like, let's go. <laughs> the, it's like the I meme. Yeah, dude, the, I love that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And Alex, he, saw, he, he was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And like I touched on earlier, my, my people don't really, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm a people person, but I, People kind of, 
see it and experience it differently than I mean for it to be seen and experienced. So I like had a hard time getting another foothold in and around Milwaukee because of the weird and aloof nature of me. And when Alex signed on, it was basically a big stamp of, you all should fuck with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this, like, you haven't been, but you should. And when people started earnestly paying attention to what I was doing, it took no less than a year to be Wolf Spider. Mm, yeah, right. And that, that, that's not like a <laughs> Wolf Spider. But, like, I, I came into it with a vision of, of getting back to where I was with those past musical projects of, like, regional, like, not renowned success, what have you, and with Alex's help, we really, really accomplished that. Yeah. And here we are at the next step, and I think me and Alex are on the same page. It's like, I could do what everybody else does and move to a population center, give it my all, and see what happens, because that's, like, the next step in the book That's what's ideal. DJ, a person. That's what's idealized. And yeah. but I really think that we are on the precipice of one of the coolest markets in the country. And if I just sit here and foster that, I get to be around my family still. I get to be involved in what is one of the it's so tight knit and small and we get acts that other places get with like thousands of people watching with like 400 people in the room. Mm. And there's just, there's, across the board, there's a, there's a big thing happening in Milwaukee, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Rant over. That's fantastic. Ooh. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. Sammy. Um, yeah, uh, take a breather. Uh, <laughs> um, this is my first interview, I think, ever. And I, like, oh, realized, wow. I just realized I was rambling. And I now I understand what rambling is. Oh, dude. No, you're good, man. I mean, I honestly, I mean, it puts less pressure on me. Right. I'd, okay. I'd rather have a guest that talks a lot than talks too little. Can man. I vape in here? Please do. Okay. Um, so, um, I'm glad to hear you say that about Milwaukee's you know, gem of a creative scene. Like, you're right, like it is, you know, it's tightly knit, you know, we're a small city, but very passionate. You know, we have the passion of a larger market. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different pockets and there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to like, you know, a lot of the segregation, not only like racially and politically, but also culturally as well, mm-hmm. you know, like bridging different scenes together and you know bringing because there's a lot of scenes but it's like those scenes you know they know people and work with people within that scene Mm -hmm. like i want to see like there are some exceptions but i want to see like people because a lot of times it's like you know a lot of like the indie rock bands they hang out with each other they play with Mm -hmm. each other the edm artists they hang out with each other they do shows together the the hip-hop artists they you know they mingle amongst themselves like the poets same thing like i want to see more you know like more facets of milwaukee like blending you know cohesively you know right. meshing together and you know we're, we are definitely like shifting that conversation uh, it has like you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff that we have to look forward to. Um, I think the like, 
especially like a lot of like the outdoor Milwaukee culture is good about that. You know, like the street festivals, you see oh, a yeah. lot of different stuff at once. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, I, I got no reason to leave Milwaukee. I love it for that reason. You know, Except for winters. Right. Yeah. That's the only drawback, man. Go on vacation and then come back. Yes. Right. I was going to go to South by Southwest, but it got canceled because of coronavirus. Seriously? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I had mentioned this earlier, but I've been deactivated from Facebook for about two weeks now during one of the biggest crises we've faced oh, in our yeah. lifetime. And I'm so I'm so far out of the loop, dude. I yeah. went on a googling rampage this morning and I found out way more than I was ready to. Dude, yeah, in like an hour, within an hour of last night, travel to Europe has been like halted for thirty days. Uh, Tom Hanks and his wife have coronavirus, and the NBA is postponed. <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, one hour, we got all that shit last night. Oh man, yeah. So, oof. oof. And so maybe um, as as a as an empath, it was good of me and and right on the money to have gotten off when I did because yeah, to see the world in such disarray is yeah. is painful, dude. Yeah, like honestly, like I envy the fact you're able to do that because I can't, I can't. Because of what I do, like I can't take myself. Off I, I was in the exact same position. I, I said I couldn't, and I found and I found two weeks in the calendar where like I didn't have to promo anything. Oh nice. There was nothing coming out. I was just like, let's get off of here. I got shows coming up that I'm gonna jump on and be like, hey, here's the thing. But uh, <laughs> well, good. I, it's honestly it's yeah. created space in in my heart that hasn't been there since I was a teenager because oh, yeah. of MySpace and a, the virtual validation that comes with it for a guy who's already struggling to find serotonin and dopamine. Uh, yeah. I love a good like. I I love me some likes. <laughs> a good like does me good as well. But yes, I also struggle with that. You know, I take a pill for that every single day. Amen. Yes, and uh, you know. That does the trick, but it'd be nice to kind of like rejuvenate yeah. my soul, like and my validation system, right? By removing that 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 uh, conduit for it for just a little bit, I should I should do that. Yeah, I should honestly. But. I mean, and and it's not. I and the last, the very last thing I wanted to be is me riding in on a high on a high horse, but. I feel like everyone could benefit from this thing that we didn't even realize we used every day for five years. Like, we could take a break mm -hmm. from it just to see what it's like, at where, the very least. Right, where, you know, we, we scroll through it, like, to and we, fill the dead air. But there, but every person, whether they're, like, an advanced empath where, like, everything they read is, like, coming into them and they have to go through it, like, you are still accepting data and processing it. So, like, even if you read a sad thing, that's going to hurt you a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, but the the other side of that coin is being completely misinformed and actually having to visit your friends. Oh, oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> dreadful. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I I don't hang out with many people. You know. See? Right, like this is kind of my way of hanging out. With nice, people, to be quite <laughs> honest. But um, so anyway, uh, so weren't you? You're also an uh, agent green, right? I um, was uh, brought on to play in Agent Green's live band for I their see. show with Immortal Technique. 
Oh, okay. If they were to do Agent Green live again, and I was asked, I would say yes. Nice. But I, like I said, I'm not in bands. Right. Okay, right. We left that shit like a decade ago. It was it, going back and rehearsing with them was so painful. I was like, not this, not again. But like, by, when we finally there. delivered that final product, it was like DJing. You get a lot of crowd response, and that's like my catharsis. Yeah, is like feeling people feel what I'm feeling. Yeah, certainly. And we like hauled ass. We like played a live set when everybody thought it was just going to be DJs and rappers and like the whole crowd got into it super hard and you could see that uh, Agent Green, Alec, shout out. Shout out to Alec, right. Um, he was just experienced, he was like, yeah, like, he was getting it the same way Wolfbiter was getting, I went, I had biggest hug ever after the show, I'm like, you know, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> like, fuck yeah, dude, so it's so, it's so good to, like, I went out of my comfort zone. And good. I joined a band for a week and a half or two yeah. weeks, and well, that's good for a one-off, you know. Yeah, it was, and I mean, it opened the door for if we want to do it again. We know exactly how it'll go, and so it's a lot less daunting. It's like that first time he was like, "Do you want to do it?" I'm like, <laughs> and so I couldn't even, I couldn't even respond. Start sweating, you know? but, yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, I do that, and and besides driving for Uber and Lyft to to make ends meet, I also. Um, have Sad Boy Saturdays, mm, yeah, which are a monthly uh, emo throwback night that uh, we're going on our thirty third or thirty fourth event. Damn. And it's like my pride and joy because, like I said, growing up, it was all emo and pop punk and sad music, right. which really paved the paved the way for my psyche right. today. But. Yeah, those parties are incredible. It's at site, right? Uh, it's at site a lot. We've done it at X-Ray. It used to be at a couple of places about that, but we really settled at site because I am. A, I'll be a. Li I'm a little biased because I work at that club and I love it and everyone that works there. But the sound system is bar none the best in the city for the room that it's in. Mm -hmm. The staff is incredibly talented at just moving people and like selling and making sure everyone's taken care of and the the space is just party enough that like it you go you know, it's like tight knit and the energy can be kept up easily but that isn't to say that we haven't been planning other places to do it and um more fun like summery time things like maybe a sad boat party that'd be dope and We've been throwing around the roller rink idea. Oh. You can't drink in roller rinks, yeah. I don't think. Right. But if you're doing sad boy shit, like, I feel like that'd be really fun with a roller. I wouldn't even think about alcohol if I was doing that. Uh, I, I would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a beer, please. That's not on the, not on the, not on the rink. Yeah. But, I guess. You know, those are, those are, those are a couple ideas. I like that. Oh. Um, that'd be that would be a that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. That'd be that'd be really awesome. Switch it up, because yeah. because I mean a lot of people that go to an emo throwback night, they don't like clubs. They don't they don't understand the yeah. culture or why it's so dark in here, and how come they can't talk to each other while the thing is while the music is playing. And I get that, but like I said, the the positives far outweigh whatever negatives they may cook up. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. I right like. Yeah, like I said earlier, like I'm not much of a club guy, you know. I'm more of like a 
you know, I like shows at Cactus Club. Cactus Club's a great venue. Yeah. That, that, for the room that it's in, is one also one of the best sound oh, systems yeah. in the city. Oh, yeah. Alex is an incredible sound guy. Hell yeah. Um, I work at Company Brewing. I host shows there once a month. Nice. Love Company. come out. Yeah, Company's uh, shows are good. I had a steak and eggs there that dropped me once. Oh, fantastic. Oof. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so, and X-Ray is a really dope space, too. Uh, it's just a, it's just that little bit too far outside of Milwaukee for some people, and that's a bummer. But Kare is a nice spot. Yeah, certainly. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about your EP that just came out this past year. So, uh, the wave. Yeah, it's 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 no longer just came out. That that that'll we'll, that was like almost, almost a, a year ago. And 2019 still feels like. Way too we, it it, it uh, I, I'll gladly talk. I never got a chance to really talk about that yeah. album to anybody. But um, what did you what did you have in mind? Oh yeah, just uh, the recording process. Like, what's your idea behind this this body of work was? The wave is an important idea to me that I have amalgamated from. Um, uh, upbringing, a very Christian upbringing, a um, hard stint with psychedelics, mm. and you know, just general like not feeling like there's coincidences, like there's always a co-creation happening. The wave is that uncontrollable ebb and flow of life that can either be crashing. And it's just, why am I here? What is all this about? Then there's when the wave recedes and it feels like there's nothing going on. Like this, like I'm in the doldrums. Time is, is scarcely moving. I'm not doing what I need to. And the wave is riding high. Mm -hmm. And you're, do, you're accomplishing things. You're smashing goals. You're, you may have people around you in your life are happy. The wave is this entity. This personified to me as a celestial woman that's just everything and as you go through your life the wave will do different stuff and you can every day of your life figure out what that stuff is and like when the wave is riding high I say it every time when I feel it in my heart that like things are going precisely as they should mm -hmm. in a manner that is making me com like I'm comfortable right now the wave is riding high yeah the, the worst part about that is that when it's crashing, you always forget that it's there. Yeah. You always are just like left this completely human thing that's just suffering. Yeah. And so the, the EP has three tracks and a bonus track on it. Um, the Wave is a song that, as you go through it, starts in like... A very reflective and slow pace but quickly ramps up to a crash in the first drop and then you're going through it as the bass is hitting and going and hitting you and then uh, it ducks out very quickly because life gets better really fast and then you're like why was I even worried in the first place yeah Oh, and yeah. then it quickly builds up again and you lose that thing that you just you just had that serene moment and it smashes back into a, um, a very, it's similar to the first drop, but uh, it changes up some of the pieces so that it's a little bit more 
like deal withable. Like you're, it's it's more dancey instead of like hitting you over the head. And then it gets worse. There's another drop after that, and it's just really mm. fucking heavy. And um, the song ends kind of pensive and like um, it's supposed to take you into um, the tempest, which is track two. Mm. Following the wave is the tempest. The tempest is whatever the wave isn't. Mm. This big force that, through no fault of your own, is going to make you suffer. Its existence is purely like chaotic and there's no way to prepare for when it strikes in your life. A lot of the times it's like a, a car accident that's about to happen, a sickness that is like flaring up but you would have no idea. It's these these moments of like almost like calm before the stormness, which is where the song starts. And as you heard when we were coming in, when the, when that song drops, mm. it's really meaty and like it creams you. It makes you it like every time I've played it in the past year, every time people are ah yeah because <laughs> it, it's 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 big and it hurts in the tempest that's what it does it's meant to drag you underwater off the wave you're so that you there's not even like a a breath of fresh air at any point when you're on the wave yeah sure it's it's ebbing and flowing but you're up there and you can breathe when the tempest hits and there's no way like the crashing isn't even like that bad anymore it pulls you straight down and the deep is a song about depression mm -hmm. and about how there just are people that when bad stuff happens to them do not have the wherewithal to like react in a way that would like better serve their healing mm -hmm. they they just think that this is it and at the deep in the bottom that's it like that's the i, I think we've all been there I've been there. Like some people are a lot more practical about it and at this point will, you know, do terrible things to themselves or others because like why would I go back up to the wave if I know that this is a possibility? Why would I go back to good if I know that I can be dragged down all the way back here again to no fault of my own? And that's when uh, the so a song that wasn't originally going to be on the EP I was going to end it with something else, but I had just recently remixed Miley Cyrus's The Climb, mm. which as a song I hadn't ever heard when it was released. I'd never, like, well, people are like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't know it. It's one of her biggest songs. I only heard it because I was at my uh, nephew nephew's birthday, and he, my wife was singing the Wii singing game and it was on there and I was listening to it and it's like this message of the, the point isn't to get up to the wave and stay there and be happy forever. Mm -hmm. The point is that as a person we should always be learning and growing and the only time that truly happens is when you're climbing like so every time you get pushed down to this end of to the, the barrel and you think that hurting yourself or someone else is like is the case the only true test of a person is when do do you begin to climb back up can you get back up on 
the wave and let it do its thing, full well knowing that the tempest might just rip you back down, at which point you climb again and you learn and you grow again. And now this is compounded and now you're a person who is wise and has been through things. Even if like the world was handed to you on a silver platter, you can still have mental illness and you can still like conquer that. Yeah. So the wave is this entity personified to me as a, as a woman who holds the, the, the universe and wants you to, to just experience things. The tempest is chaos, chaos and pulls you down. And the deep is the doldrums, the, 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 the pain, the hurt that you can't take anymore. And the climb is what we all gotta do if we want to see the end, if we wanna see how this all, how our narrative is supposed to, like it's true completion. Mm -hmm. We have to keep getting back up. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. that yeah, was, I, I don't think I've ever said it out loud. That's spectacular. <laughs> I do. No, like, that's like, that's a really good, it's a movement. Like it sounds like all three of those songs work cohesively as a movement of like, yeah, that peaks and valleys. That's what it is. Yeah, like I, you know, like I can definitely relate in a lot of ways. Like at times when I've, you know, been in those doldrums, it's like, you know, those demons are ensnaring, mm -hmm. you know, they do like, they you know, keep you trapped like they in a box. They want you to be sad. Yes, and they keep you in a tra and they trap you in a box. They chain you to a wall, and uh, you're constantly trying to like figure ways out of that box or off that wall. You know, and uh, it hurts like to even it hurts to move around sometimes. You know, but with time and patience and uh, you know the occasional call for help with somebody you trust or people you trust is what ultimately helps start finding you like, you know, like, uh, recentering yourself, like, you know, back on that, on that wave, you know, and it goes uphill. Like as somebody who like, yeah, like has felt like there's literally been no way out mm -hmm. and that I have like, you know, at the, being at the lowest low and, not understanding how I could possibly feel myself again to be able to like get somehow get out of that you know is it's it's like a reminder to myself all the time that like I have found my way out of it before you mm -hmm. know and and it's great to put that in into vibrations in the air oh yeah the 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 climb has been the song that I end all of my sets with since I made it and like it's become a, a staple and like you can tell people that haven't heard it before are hearing it now and like this it's because it's like as pretty and nostalgic as it is heavy in the drops and people are like they're not ready for it and they're so excited to hear those words again because if they truly listen to them they can hear the the escape route for every bad time is it's like the whole message of the song is just like it's not about where you're going. It's about the getting there. Yeah. And that's and that's so important. Is like cuz all I do is worry about young producers and even old ones, people more dedicated than myself or what have you. Like 
doing better than me and it's just it's just like it's not about competition or like my art trumping their art it's about the climb and the getting better and like if i truly want to be successful then i'm successful mm -hmm. yeah and right you know and that's the only competition you need for yourself mm -hmm. like it just that competition within yourself how can i outdo myself next mm -hmm. time but also give myself credit yeah you know which is tough with yeah. the amount of talent that there is especially like because in the last five years the amount of bedroom producers that exist like making this sort of stuff has it's like it there's it's infinite yeah. because in in bands you like when we were growing up you had to get signed to get your stuff like on a national level mm -hmm. like as long as you figure out reach and like have enough followers like that stuff will get shared is better than most uh record labels could do so these yeah. kids are monopolizing on literally only needing a laptop right and bam right and the, the sea of music that already exists is incredible right like, yeah. you know, this, the, it's ever changing and going through it and sounding better and more crazy and i don't know if you if if you're watching this and you've not given edm a chance there's there is an electronic music for you C certainly I, I, I remember when a lot of the people that supported uh, Sleep Service Sleep were like, you're going to be a DJ and you're going to play EDM. And I was like, have you ever fucking heard it? Yeah, yeah, honestly. It's really intense. Right. Like, if you think that there's, like, there's some song, there's some metal songs that go harder than some uh, EDM ones and vice versa, but, like, I swear there's, there is a taste for everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to mention, like, you know electronic music you know that being an umbrella term you yeah. know i've had a couple of guests on recently who you know work extensively with synthesizers and just how you can amplify sounds into a sensible pop appeal in a way that would have been you know unfathomable decades ago <coughs> with the technology that we have now like I mean, it's the direction music's going. It is a direction that a lot of artists already established are taking or incorporating elements yeah. of into what they do. And it, yeah, like, I mean, it, it is the future. And it's just, I think some of the most creative and uh, staggering pop music is made through like, you know, electronic means. It's made through computers, you know, it's, what you mentioned right just now, like about how like, people are like, oh, you like EDM, you're gonna be a DJ. I think they define their stereotypes of that kind of music by like people that absorbed in the culture of it rather than like actually enjoying the music for what it is. You know, like it's like it's more than j like good music, like music of all kinds is is more than. You know, just somebody who's annoying about it that they listen to it. You know, <laughs> yeah, that that sort of fan exists in every single vein of music. Okay, that certainly there is right. Elitism has no place in true understanding of music. Like I, I, like I said, I drive uh, Uber and Lyft, so all I do is listen to music all day long, and it's never the same two days in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might be Led Zeppelin and the like one day before it's Liquid Drum and Bass before it's. Um, 90s alternative you know I mean, just, right. you, you can't listen to one thing and let that define you like you were saying right. there's infinite music to listen to you could start listening now and not hear all the music that exists ever yeah. right exactly so you know? just you know dig your teeth in the tool uh, spotify is an incredible tool 
it's just for finding playlists that, mm-hmm. of music that like, oh, I like that song. I probably will like these other 45. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Spotify Premium, it, it's transformed my life. Get it. Ten bucks a month. Spotify Premium? No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. The plug, no sponsor. No sponsor needed. Um, yeah, so, and then you had the remix tape that followed... Uh, yeah, the I, I should mention that Recall Records was the was the name of the group that put it out for me. They just have a bigger online audience, so uploading it to their channels is a better chance of more people hearing it. Um, they were they've had a couple different owners over the years, but like throughout my career as Wolfbiter, have released more of my music than anybody else has ever been willing to. Um, so yeah, they they were they reached out to me and they're like, hey, do you want to do a remix EP for the Wave? And I was like, yeah. They're like, nice. do you want to do a competition? And I was like, okay. So we put uh, the stems for the song just up for download, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people entered. I think it was something like twenty twenty five, and I had to pick four. Mm-hmm. So I, I whittled it down, and um, a lot of really it was for the the competition song was the Wave, and I got a bunch of really good ones um, for that that are on the EP, and then. Percy's remix The Tempest, which is easily one of the heaviest songs. Like if I if I made it to be heavy, he launched it up. Yeah. It's huge. And uh, the the deep was remixed by my friend Miggs from Chicago, um, who just makes real for for the he's a really nice dude who makes really incredible music and plays it really well too, which is like the trifecta for me. Mm. If you do that, I'm on board and he has never been anything but like the sweetest little bean. And this was he did the remix in a couple days because uh the last person we had doing it dropped out and he nailed it and then every time I've seen him since he's just a sweetheart. We just played it. Uh the chop shop in Chicago together. Oh, yeah, I've been to the chop shop. Opening for Lucy and he, his set was incredible. Nice. I, 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 so those are all on there. And then I did what's called a VIP, which is when you remix your own song. Mm. So I took the wave and I I, uh, I kept the elements of like beautiful before disaster, before beauty, before disaster there. But I also like, I wanted to make a weapon. And the the, the wave was already like, it was it was heavy, but like it was it was, it was as my brand was evolving. It wasn't a song that I really wanted to play anymore, and so I uh, remixed it to like be a monster. So if you you listen to that one on speakers that can handle something at like thirty hertz, there's a big sub that just like shakes the building instead of like hits your hearing, like kind of hurts yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And like really wanted one that like was well below like I, I've played it on some systems and it just okay. there's no bass mm-hmm. it just comes through and they didn't have the they didn't have they weren't ready for me I'll say that much <laughs> didn't see it coming yeah but that that was like the last thing I released and I uh I went into hermit mode as far as creativity was concerned and I've touched you know I I've touched the computer a couple times and tried to poke and prod, but most of the work has been conceptual because I had so much fun writing the wave because out of an idea that I've always had. I wanted to write another conceptual piece that uh, like expresses a, a, a vibe and has like a feeling throughout that goes up and down peaks and valleys. Yeah, and like it's been daunting. Like that first year of producing was mm-hmm. like I would look at I look at my computer these days and I'm like 
And with the, the amount of, I'll say it again, regional success that I'm experiencing, there is a huge pressure to continue to create content in a, in a world where people are just churning out music because they have like the wherewithal. Yeah. I, uh, I get, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a scared guy. I'm a really anxious person. I, I, I get in my own head and worry about worrying about worrying about worrying and no, nothing more than making music, which is like the ultimate irony because it's the only thing I've ever been naturally good at. So the only thing I'll ever like really try to do and doing it scares the shit out of me. Oh yes. <laughs> so does doing this. I'm fucking terrified of this thing, but I love it so much. Like push yourself. Yeah, like, you know, that's the one thing where it's like you, it does teach you to like, you know, overcome easily, you know, those things that you like, those little tiny like elements that you overthink, you know, like, you, uh, you just take so much joy and pride in doing it that like, you're able to absolve that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, so in terms of, yeah, uh, Wolf Biter in 2020, um, what are you thinking? Um, seven or eight track, uh, we'll either call it an EP or an album. Okay. Just to, and it's, uh, the working title, I might change it, but a pretty set on it is going to be God Planet. Um, uh, it's a story about, uh, Mother Earth as like a, as like a being as you or me, um, that, uh, out of nowhere got sick and she couldn't figure out why, and it introduces over time this infection that is humanity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't ruin the ending because yeah. I don't know it, but <laughs> it's just about, like, a way for people to really think about how the Earth was just so good before we got here, and, like, start, and, like monkeys started realizing they were monkeys, etc. And I just, I, like... The amount of peril that the world is in needs it yeah. needs a cool way to experience it instead of watching the news and then being like, "Be scared, be scared." Yeah, like what we're talking about, you know, the current state right, right. now. Like, you know, yeah, when everything was green and good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, heard a potential uh, headlining Miramar show. It is it is it is so potential that we've changed the date a couple times. Okay. But it's coming. It's awesome. gonna be me and a plethora of that sweet, sweet local talent trying to showcase what everybody around here can do. We love to see it. We do. Alright. Sammy. Yeah. Wolf Biter. <laughs> um Man, this is, this is great to talk to you. I'm glad you had fun. I did as well. I go good. Yeah. Uh, and I can just, a lot of the things you uh, were touching on and, and, you know, about like the thematic material, you know, like, you know, creative process, self-doubt, that kind of stuff, you know, it rings true to me as well. I'm sure a lot of people yeah. experience the crippling doubt involved in putting yourself out there. Oh yeah, man. Hurts your stomach sometimes. Mm. So, uh, Sammy, as we close out, tell me what keeps you up at night. Making music. Making music. Or not doing that. Right. Or lack thereof. Yes. Yeah. What puts you to sleep? My sweet wife. Shout out to Samantha. Shout out to Samantha <laughs> Anderson. Oh, love it, man. Well, uh, can I give you a hug? Yeah, let's hug on the camera. There's proof. 
You saw it. It happened. I <laughs> uh, love it. Well, uh, the wave streaming everywhere in addition to the remix tape. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for what he's got coming up. That uh, 2020, baby. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>